Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A huge thank you to Neon, our favorite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture happen. Kia ora, everyone. Kia ora, team. Kia it's been ora. a wee while. It has, it has. Another week in lockdown for us Aucklanders. I know, what fun. And I mean, it's a bit weird not having a nightly viewing of Love Island to get us through it. Oh my god. It makes it so much fucking harder. Also, everyone that's listening, big news. Ruby is now full-time on Shit You Should Care About with us, so snaps for Ruby. Snaps for Ruby all round. (laughs) Fucking exciting. So good. It just sucks that we're in lockdown, so um, we're still virtual with the girl, but soon enough. I know, hopefully. I mean, the cases are going down. Um, But anyway, this podcast is, we wanted to do a bit of a roundup, I guess, a a look into how the Islanders' lives are going post-Love Island, I guess, out of the villa. Um... Are there any relationship breakdowns? What was that whole Love Island reunion? And then also a big chat about what we learnt from the season. That sounds Sounds fucking great because I feel like I learnt more from this season about relationships than I've learnt in my whole 23 years about relationships. (laughs) Fucking insane. So since Love Island is over, did you, have you guys been following any of the Islanders? Are you keeping up with what they're doing? I was going to say no when I... (laughs) When I saw you'd put this question in the lay down. But then I was like, actually, I've been stalking Millie, Liam, Chloe, Toby, Liberty. I was like, fuck, I've been stalking them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I also love that Liv just breaks the fourth wall of like natural speech by being like, when I saw that we had pre-planned for this question, I was going to say no. I also was going to say no. But yeah. then I realized through flow, our fucking flatmate. I watched an Instagram live with, like, Chloe and Liam and all that, and I, I thought... fucking went on YouTube after you guys were talking about the Instagram live and went and watched it. Like, so we suck. Yeah, we are so into it. I missed that. Was it any good? They're cute. Yeah. Cute. It was, like, it wasn't stimulating. <laughs> it didn't really teach me anything, but escapism wise. No, good. yeah. It was cute. I mean, they're obviously quite tight, the um, the two couples, Millie, Liam, and Chloe and Toby. Yeah. Um, which is cute. It is cute. Do you guys feel like Faye and Teddy aren't really in on the group of ex-Love Islanders now? Like, they're yeah. a little bit sort of on the outside? I do feel that a little bit. Definitely in the reunion as well. Yeah, I I do think that that was kind of like, I expected that because, you know, how the last couple mm. episodes of Love Island went. I think also they seem like two people who they're so obsessed with each other that they actually don't really feel like they maybe need anyone else. Like they're just content with like being in their own yeah. little bubble. So I don't know. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I do really like to see like that friendships that were formed on the show are continuing in real life because sometimes it can seem a bit weird coming out to the real life and I don't know it might just be a bit different when you're not 
in each other's faces all day. Yeah, I read an article that was like Millie and Liam had decided that unlike what they had decided in the villa, which was that all the boys were going to move in together and all the girls were going to move in together, they actually weren't going to go and do that. <laughs> because, you know, when you're in that like honeymoon like bubble and you think we're going to be best friends forever, forever and then you get out on the real world and it's like... No, actually, Fuck, we won't. It must be the weirdest experience in the world. Like, going from that villa, coming on the plane into, like, reality, and then just stepping off and being like, holy fuck, like, what was that? Totally. Literally, the only thing I can, um, like, equate that to is I did Outward Bound, oh, yeah. and you're, like, away from everyone for a month, and you're not allowed phones, coffee, any vices. You get back into the real world, and you get, like, fucking depressed because yeah. you don't know how to readjust oh yeah i was reading some articles about like the islanders coming back into real life i mean this is from previous seasons but it's like oh every psychologist in the world will be like yeah they're gonna go through a period of like almost depression because your brain just can't handle that amount of like intenseness and then coming back and you're like okay holy fuck like i'm no longer uh, you know, in this yeah. world. Yeah, and I think also, like, you know, Kaz and Lib, they are, like, best friends. Well, best friends on the show. But you forget that, like, Lib has this whole, like, network of friends, and so would Kaz. And, like, how these people kind of will continue to fit into their lives outside of the show. I think that's just quite interesting, especially when people live in different sides of the country. Um but it's cute, you know, I've, I've enjoyed following them, and I probably will. Chloe's launching a YouTube channel, apparently, so we'll probably, you know, keep up with that. I just saw that. Oh my god, actually, Mary also has a YouTube channel, Ooh. which she started, like, I think she had, like, three posts or something before she went on Love Island, so it was obviously mm. a, oh my god, I'm going on Love Island, I need to sort of, like, start my uh, social media game. Yeah. None of them will be Molly May, though. She's the queen of YouTube and basically the queen of influencing from yeah, Love Island, right? fuck. Okay, but let's talk about the Love Island reunion. Our thoughts, feelings, opinions. How did you guys find it? So awkward. So, so awkward. I just don't know why. They just keep rehashing the most awful parts of these people's lives. And, like, yeah, we've heard about it. And I would rather see them all getting drunk at a table together and just, like, film it totally. or something. Like, that would be awesome if they could all just sit at a table, have a drink, and then just see what unfolds from that, I think would be a lot juicier than being like, oh my god, Faye, here's Hurricane Faye, again, again, again. It's like, yes, we all know, we all get it, she gets it. Well, I think also, like, a huge part of it is that these people, they're not... You know, they're not actually used to feeling like they're on television. You know, they've literally just spent like the past couple of months just living their lives and just it happens to be like aired to the whole world. They're not used to being aware of the cameras and how they're having to like hold themselves. I mean, obviously, that's always going to that would have always been in the back of their heads. But like, it's not like they're used to this kind of like up in the face, like actually talking to a presenter kind of vibe I think it just like you could see that they weren't really comfortable oh absolutely I think we do forget like to us they're almost like actors on this show but to them they haven't seen themselves on tv yet like let alone being a media personality in the public eye like it's a very it must be so jarring yeah 
fuck yeah. I did love that they that they brought up Millie playing the piano. <laughs> like, okay, I love that they brought it up because I felt like it needed to be addressed that it wasn't good. Like, that it's a joke. But I don't think they needed to put her on stage at the end play, fake playing the piano. Like, that was so cringe. If I was Millie, I would have died. I would have like, been like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, no, I know. Bless her. She did well. I think there's quite, like, a disconnect. Like, the show... The reason that it's so successful, I think, is because most of the time it's so, like, hands-off by the producers. Like, it's just kind of left to have this drama play out quite Mm. organically. You know, obviously there's some very... There's some obvious instances where that didn't happen or was quite orchestrated. But most of the time it is... It has so much less editing Mm. and everything like that than a lot of the other reality TV shows like The Bachelor, which I think are really, you know, not performing as well because of people are now so much more aware. And coming into the reunion, it's so much more, like, there's so much more control over it and, like, very, like, planned jokes. It's not the Islanders just, like, living the way that we're used to. And I think it just felt a bit disconnected. Did you guys see the criticism that was towards Laura Whitmore for not getting Tyler and Kaz on stage? Yes, I did actually want to talk about this um, because she got pretty defensive on her Instagram stories. She did. So for anyone that hasn't seen this going around, basically a lot of conspiracies have been flying around like since the show was airing to obviously the reunion that um, Tyler and Kaz really weren't getting the airtime that the rest of the Islanders were getting. And then at the reunion, every other couple in the finals got taken on stage except for Tyler and Kaz. And so Laura went on her Instagram story, Laura being the host, and, and said... Hundreds of people work on Love Island. My job is not to organise seating arrangements. I barely know what seat I'm sitting in before the show as the set changes so much, with the eye-rolling emoji. And then, we invited Kaz to sit with Toby for his exes segment, but she didn't want to and it's her choice to make. Everything is run through all the Islanders beforehand. It's all about choice. So what do you guys make of that? Well, first off, I think it's pretty ridiculous people going to Laura Whitmore to be like, oh my god, why did you do this? She's the fucking presenter. Like, she is not the person that's made the show. That was a question that I was wondering too, is like, how much do we hold Laura accountable? Like, she's the host. I mean, obviously, she is kind of the face that a lot of people see, so that's probably where a lot of people will direct, like, their criticism. But... You know, at the end of the day, she's kind of just up there asking the questions and is probably, like, mostly told what to do and say. Mm. Yeah, they just would have needed somewhere to go and, like, it's so much Mm. easier to do it to a person. But also, I just, I think that the fans or the people that were sort of criticising weren't really that wrong because it is weird that every other finalist got brought on stage and sort of asked about how they were going and Tyler and Kaz didn't and I don't want to, sort of downplay that but then there has also been a lot of um talk about how even Laura's comments back to the fans like they didn't accept either because when she said oh every question gets run through the islanders before they answer and then fans were sort of like well that's not reality tv and it's like well what do you want do you want these islanders to be protected and ask what they're happy to say or do you want them to just be like singled out on stage like deer in the headlights so it's yeah. sort of like we just need to give everyone a little bit of like grace and just chill 
a little bit when we're sort of deciding I'm saying where I haven't come for anyone but you know when the fans are deciding to come for people well another thing that I don't think we can brush past was Jake obviously didn't make an appearance Mm. which was obviously planned because they filmed him and Liberty's um meeting for the reunion totally I think fucking fair enough that's exactly what I think I mean we're obviously all a bit worried about the kind of backlash he was going to get from it from the exit like his exit of the show um and you know if not attending the reunion is the best decision for his mental health then like you know definitely respect that but I don't buy for a second that he was sick not at all no he wasn't sick. Also, just when he said, when he was talking to Liberty and she was sort of trying to keep the options open a little bit, and then he said, even if we were together, it wouldn't work because I'm so busy. I was just sort just of like, like he hasn't really changed yet. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> no. it's coming. But good on him for sidestepping the fucking reunion. I bet, I bet a lot of the Islanders wish they didn't go to the reunion. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. But I would definitely recommend um, for everyone to catch up on the awkwardness, um, just so you can come and talk talk about it with us. But before we get into um, everything that we've learnt from this season, and there has been a lot, let's hear from our sponsor. Love Island is over, so now we've got to fill that gaping void. And being in lockdown in Auckland, we've literally got more time than ever to do just that. I've found my new favourite TV show, Succession, on Neon. Yes, and Luce, we also smashed a whole season of White Lotus, remember? Oh my god, that actually feels like a lifetime ago. In case you couldn't tell, Neon is our favourite New Zealand-based streaming service. And the best part is, you can get a 14-day free trial to test it out. And none of this would be possible without Neon, who let us chat about culture as part of our job, which is the best fucking thing ever. Shot, Neon! Now let's get into the nitty-gritty, because I think this season, it was full of surprises. I think we saw, like, a deeper and more more pure side of a lot of the contestants than what I remember seeing before. Like, we've said from the start, Love Island is an exaggeration of real life, and it hyperbolizes a lot of situations, but you can also learn a lot, and I think it's interesting because unlike real life, you actually get to see both sides of the story, which you wouldn't often get to do when you're going through things day to day. So let's take this opportunity to kind of talk about some of the things that we have learned this season. Well, I probably learned a lot and I'm probably going to think of a lot more things like as you guys are giving your good <laughs> this ideas. Is like when you go to school camp and you're all like yeah, around reflect. the circle. <laughs> so what have we all learned about each other? <laughs> and maybe like, I've probably learned some stuff. <laughs> you sound like the apparently kid, Lucy. Like, apparently I learn a lot, and apparently (laughs) I learn a lot this season. (laughs) Well, okay. I think my biggest thing that I learned or that I reflected on was, like, communication styles. Like, when you're getting in a relationship or even a friendship or even a work relationship, you should either have a discussion or figure out how the person that you're working with or being in a partnership with communicates and both compromise to find a way that works best for both of you if someone communicates through like 
imagine getting a new friend and being like, hey, so <laughs> before we take this any further, I just want to have a discussion about our communication styles. No. <laughs> like, like, how are we going to do this? You like bullet points? Or should I just send a like, full paragraph? <laughs> like me, someone messages them on Facebook being like, so I don't think this relationship is going to work out. Our communication styles are totally different. No, but I think it's like... It's obviously something that you learn as no, yeah. you're this being so valid. <laughs> yes, but um, friends or workmates or whatever. But it's it's like how Teddy understood how Faye worked and how she communicated, and he took on the role of accepting that and responding in a way like he didn't yell back at her because yeah. that's not going to do any good. And I mean, we actually saw Chloe and Toby have a real fuck up in communication their first time round. And then they took it slow, pulled back on just the physical stuff and like worked on their communication, making Toby actually use his words and and, like giving Chloe the reassurance that she needed, which Liberty wasn't getting. She should have probably said to Jake, I need reassurance in the relationship. And then he could have worked on that. Don't know if he would have. Mm. Communication styles. I'm not an expert, but that was my little... Apparently, I learn about communication <laughs> stuff. Your little takeaway from the from the season. Yeah, that's that's such a good takeaway. Yeah, it's like pizza. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on. It reminds me of love languages. You know, when you're in a relationship and understanding love languages and and there's that test that you can do online and how you have to be very aware that like the person that you're with is not always going to have the same communication style or love language that you do. And you need to be mindful of that. And they should also be very mindful um, of yours as well. So, you know, you can, yeah, have a good relationship and move forward. I think that's a really good point and not one that I thought of. First dates. Like, hi, yeah. we both need to take the love language quiz. <laughs> Just like with friendships, hey, I need to know your communication style. What's your guys' love languages? Just, I should have asked at the start of our friendship. But <laughs> definitely acts of service. Um, yeah, that's yeah. my that's my key. Ruby? I'm a bit of everything. <laughs> I need everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm very hard to please. I definitely need um, words of affirmation. Like, I think I need a lot of, like, reassurance. Um, physical touch, and then there's one other that I can't remember. Quality time? Yeah, quality time, that's one. So, yeah, that sucks for my boyfriend. <laughs> so I hope your boyfriend's listening to this podcast. I hope, I, I'll just snip this and send it to him for Christmas or something. We'll message him the bullet points. Here's after. your gift. Um, Lucy's love language is self-proclaimed content sharing. Yeah, I only asked that question so that I could then say that if you guys love me, just send me content. I actually don't want you to touch me and I don't want you to give me attention or tell me how much you like me. I want you to send me an article that reminds you of me or that you think I'd be interested in. And luckily she has three million people to share content with. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like gift giving. Yeah. Yeah. You are a as long a as gift it's- giver. As long as it's content, like, I don't want you to buy me heaps of shit. No. A subscription to The Atlantic, though. But yeah. you bought me that cute book, that dot yeah. one. Yeah. But gift gifting, I don't want people to think that I'm sort of materialistic. <laughs> no, she's not. It's, it's like, like very guys. sentimental. It's sentimental. It's Ruby, edit this so I sound nice. <laughs> 
Well, I was just like, acts of service do shit for me. No, like, when people are thinking about you and so they'll do something that more, will help yeah, you. It's more like someone bring me a cup of tea. Or like I'm trying to like make something and someone sees that I'm struggling and like comes over and helps me. Like that's, that's the sort great. of shit that I really like. Anyway, more about me. That is fair enough. Have we rounded out this conversation now that we've gone <laughs> yeah. into all of our love languages? <laughs> Did they care? I don't know. But <laughs> listeners, tell us your love languages in our Discord server plug. <laughs> plug. <laughs> okay, Liv, what did you learn from Love Island? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's quite funny, like, being like, what did you learn from this season? Okay, I learned that if you cheat on your partner, you'll win. I also learned that if you start off with one girl, you go to three other girls, and you come back, you'll come second. So, (laughs) that's what I learned. No, but really, I think... (laughs) Wow, that was really negative. (laughs) And then a really quick answer, no, but really... <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even give me that time. That was fucking seven. No, but <laughs> no I love that. Funny. Um, what did I actually learn? I feel the world does seem unfair sometimes. Yeah, I feel like this isn't necessarily like a personal learning, but I feel like it was interesting seeing how girls operated versus how boys operated on this TV show. And I know that that's a very like segregation of the genders, but that's very much how this TV show you know, worked in its format. Like, it was just so interesting to see that the girls could commit to someone, like, straight away. They were like, yeah, I like you, that's cool, like, you're it for me, sort of thing. But, like, literally every single boy had to, like, have something good, go away, find something that wasn't as good, and then come back and be secure in it. Like, I just found Mm. that really interesting, and I think you do see that in real life as well. And also... That boys are always sort of seem to be after the better option yes, constantly. Yes, the better option, right? And the girls' holidays are so much more wholesome than mm. boys' holidays. Like, we'd be drinking wine and, like, going for swims, and they are all like, if you're not in a relationship, you're cracking on. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, not all boys' holidays. Generally speaking. <laughs> yeah, generally speaking. But it was just sort of, like, sad. It was sad. <laughs> it was sad. But yeah. I don't know what to do about it. Anyway, that's all my takings a lot more negative than your guys. Um, but yeah. No, that is so fair. Go, Rebe. Yeah, I think what I learned... I had kind of slightly different ones from you. It was more like based on around people. Um, but I think one that like growth is definitely something that we need to allow to happen and to really help people do that. I think Toby was a great example of this. I mean, we talked about him so much on the podcast, but just if you listen back to our initial like first couple of weeks, you would hear us talk about Toby and the way that he was just fucking these women around and to see like the emotional like intelligence that kind of just grew throughout the show. Mm. I think that was really impressive. And I think definitely always allowing people to do better and, you know, people can learn from their mistakes and stuff. I think that was good. Yeah, and no, same with yeah, Faye. Absolutely. Like, we saw so much growth. Mm. And Liberty, for her own personal growth. Like, I just think, 
Yeah, we do. I mean, it must be so confronting being in that situation. You, as Faye kept saying, you can't run from your shit like you would in the outside world. So these people were just forced to almost overcome things that they could sort of avoid in real life. And like, it's so weird that that's then broadcasted to the world. But it is an amazing thing to sort of witness. And you don't actually see, even like with your friends, when your friends are going through something hard and they like overcome something, you don't hear like that inner narrative or inner dialogue, right? Like You don't recall them in the beach shack, like talking about how they're going to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's a very intimate journey that you go on with these people. Um, And it must be so, so weird for them coming out and realizing that, oh, everyone knows this shit about me that maybe I haven't even told my best friends. Mm, mm-hmm. 100%. Another thing that I don't think I learned, but was a, I think a really good lesson to have on reality TV was when Hugo kind of reiterated many times that he thought fake or being fake personality wise and also looks wise was something that he um, found like to be a turn off. And I think that conversation with the girls and kind of having a, wider discussion as to why these girls do feel the pressure rather than just automatically assuming these kind of really surface surface level assumptions as to why women get um plastic surgery was a really good discussion to have um especially on a show with this platform yeah I thought that was good and quite productive yeah I think this this season just to like wrap up the entire season in like one sentence was probably just like that is on growth like we let them grow it was very wholesome no one was really like that I don't want to say problematic but like I know that the boys did fucked up shit, but at the in the end of the day, maybe it's because we have been analysing it so hard that it seems to have all been quite like subdued or something like very yeah I know, like, level. Yeah. Um, It's been really nice, and I think that Millie and Liam are not your typical Love Island winners. I don't know, like, they do just... I can't imagine them now really, like, taking off in the public eye. I feel like they are actually just very happy with what they've found in each other. And, like, I'm sure they are going to leverage their careers from this platform, but I just can't see them doing it in maybe the way that other winners have potentially done it in the past. I don't know. I also found something funny um, talking about past past Islanders. They all have books. Like, they all have books. So I'm going to read you some of their book titles because I was just on... Um, I was on an article and down the bottom it was like, buy these Islanders' books. So Laura Whitmore has a book. Your One Day, from a couple of seasons ago, has a book, Reclaiming. Dr. Alex George has a book, Live Well Every Day, bless him. Amber has a novel coming out in 2022 called Until I Met You, like a romance novel. What the fuck? Oh, so not even like a, like a autobiography? No, she's, she's gone into the fictional territory. Um, Ovi has a book. I love Ovi. Like a positive energy, sort of like, it's called You Are Dope, love that. Um, Camilla... Thurlow has a book. Um, her and Jamie have just got married also. Pretty cute. Um, called Not the Type. And yeah. There's a lot of books. I wonder how good they sold. Chris also has a book. Chris um, 
from Chris and Kim. <laughs> oh my god, we'll stay tuned to see what islanders of this season drop a book. Well, thank you, ladies. I know that we've kind of already wrapped up this Love Island season, but thank you again for joining me to talk about more Love Island. Um, I don't think we could ever really stop. Always a pleasure. Props should give a huge fucking thank you to Neon because not only did they serve us Love Island, they also let us talk about Love Island. And look, I'm sure for seasons to come, they will continue to give us Love Island. So go and subscribe. Also watch Succession. It's fucking so good. Yeah, they actually have some very good shows at the moment. I would definitely recommend. Love that so much. Love you both. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, team. Please subscribe to our new newsletter as well, Illy. (laughs) Shameless plug. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.